Welcome to the Deeply Connected Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Krieg, and it wasn't all that long ago that I was 30 kilos overweight, completely unaware. I was totally disconnected from who I was at my core, so caught up in succeeding and climbing the corporate ladder to notice I was nowhere near an identity or a life that fulfilled me. I was succeeding in many areas, but internally I was suffering. In fact, I thought that was normal. I was quite literally addicted to stress and unhelpful habits that burned me out. And now I've spent more than a decade learning from world-class experts on how to rewire my brain, address my emotions, and change my habits to transform my life from the inside out. The external goals I've achieved, including my weight loss, has been a direct result from the work I've done internally. And I've created this podcast for ambitious individuals who feel stuck in some area of their life, be it health, relationships, business or career, and who want to gain clarity and overcome doubt and overwhelm. My goal is that these podcasts will shape your perspective, increase your awareness or empower you with scientific tools that you can integrate that will change your life one small step at a time. Let's reshape your mindset, your habits, and your life. Have you ever started your day with really wonderful intentions? You've woken up and you've thought, today's the day I'm going to be going for my lunchtime walk. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to have a really healthy dinner. I might even exercise after work, or I might progress a part of my business or a side hustle that I have, or just basically engage in some goal-directed behaviors. You know, you have great intentions to actually start achieving the things that you really set out to. But then by sometimes lunchtime or mid-afternoon, you kind of fall in a slump and your behaviors start to not match the intentions that you set out for yourself. Well, you might be experiencing what scientists call the intention behavior gap. And most of us are experiencing this on a day-to-day existence. The intention behavior gap is basically suggesting that although our intentions are well-meaning and we might come up with some wonderful goal-oriented ideas, by the end of the day or for some people even by mid-morning, our behaviors have fallen short because we've experienced something called ego depletion. Now, ego depletion is essentially a state of diminished self-control. And the state of self-control, what we have accessible to us each day, our our amount of self-control, if you like, is a finite resource. And the things that pull down or draw down on that resource doesn't discriminate from a physical exertion. It's also mental exertion or emotional exertion, being busy, uh, being extremely reactive or feeling emotional, or just tackling lots of things throughout your day. All of this draws on your self-control. And as a result, we experience ego depletion, which then in turn creates this intention behavior gap because we're depleted. All our self-control has actually drained out of us. And we then resort to what's familiar or what's easy, like going home, getting takeaway, sitting on the couch and doing nothing. Does that sound familiar? 
Unfortunately, I feel it is extremely familiar to most people because the way that our brains work is we have two states. I've spoken about them before, and that is our reflective state and our reactive state or our impulsive state. Our impulsive state is where we spend most of our day operating from. It's our habit center part of our brain. It's always on because it's the easiest part of our daily existence. It's subconscious. We are mostly in automaticity. It's our unconscious way of operating. And a lot of the willpower required to initiate a new goal comes from our reflective brain. It's much more energy intensive. It's already difficult for us to access those resources, let alone the fact that we're often doing it towards the end of the day, you know, initiating a new habit towards the end of the day when we're already incredibly depleted. So I want to offer you some ways to help you maintain your self-control or at least uh, be careful about not diminishing your self-control and ways to help you initiate some new behaviors so that the intention behavior gap is much shorter. And then you'll be able to start the process of initiating some new habits into your life. So in this episode, I'm going to give you seven factors that deplete our self-control so that you can start to create some awareness around the things that are actually diminishing your self-control, as well as five factors that replenish your self-control so that you can start to think about how you can incorporate these really essential elements in your life so that you're less likely to experience ego depletion and you know what to do to help you achieve your goals. Okay, so let's start with the ways that we can actually build our internal resources or at least not diminish our internal resources too so we have a better chance of acting on our goals, acting on our intentions. Because with self-control, self-control is basically the ability to modify or change or override our impulses, but we can't do that when we're depleted. So let's have a look at the things that deplete our self-control. Now, although this is a list of seven things, I I totally appreciate that addressing each of these things is a process as well. But let's just start here regardless. So the things that deplete our self-control are stress, funny enough, fatigue, so being tired. And I'm sure you definitely would understand that when we're tired, a lot of things trigger us and we do things that are not in alignment with who we want to be. So I'm sure you're probably understanding that. Sleeplessness, uh, dieting, uh, tempting foods, being hungry and negative emotions. So these seven things really deplete our self-control among other things, but these are some of the key things. So the point is, is how can we actually address our level of stress in our life? How can we look after our sleep as a really important area? How do we make sure that we're having good quality, restful evenings? Our evening rituals are winding down, not winding, winding up. How do we make sure that we're satisfied with the volume of food we're having and that it's not restricting us in any way? How do we make sure that we're having really good quality foods and we're able to dial down that delayed and have delayed gratification when it comes to tempting foods and hunger? And how do we make sure that our emotions are 
are more optimistic and positive and our distortions are being addressed. So obviously this is a lot of the things that I coach my clients around, their habits, their mindset, their emotions and their awareness levels and really giving them really deep level insights into these areas. But this is also self-care. This is also an area that I think people think self-care is massages and other things, but self-care really underpins our ability to have and exert self-control and be able to focus on the behaviors that are in alignment with our goals or our intentions. So the factors that deplete our self-control are areas that we want to be really conscious of, you know, how much stress we're having. We want an optimal level of stress. Uh, We don't want to be underslept and we want to make sure that we're eating good quality foods and we're not hungry and that we don't have a lot of negative emotions or distortions that are getting in our way. On the other side of it, the things that replenish our self-control may seem obvious that it's rest and good quality sleep and being mindful or meditation, taking regular breaks and positive emotions. These are the five things that really help replenish our self-control. And I think we have operated in a society that our level of stress and our fatigue and our dieting culture and the negative emotions from our external circumstances, so news and other sort of media and social media influences, all of that is significantly depleting our self-control without us even realizing it. And we're trying to flip the switch to try and focus on things like mindfulness and Uh, meditation and self-care, but really what we're doing is we're actually looking after ourselves to be able to replenish our self-control and act in alignment with our goals and what's really important to us. So it's not just about self-care. It's not just about meditation. It's not about mindfulness. It's about looking after yourself so that you're able to operate at your best self, if you like, So that is the rest, the sleep, the meditation, the breaks, and the positive emotions. It's not just a nice to have, it's an essential element to helping you make sure you have the habits and rituals and mindset and emotions and awareness to be able to step into the new identity that you're really wanting to uphold or an authentic version of you. So this is a really good time to pause and ask yourself, What areas are diminishing your self-control the most? Is it high levels of stress? Is it the fact that you're not sleeping very well? Or when you do sleep, you're waking up quite groggy and foggy. Is it because of your evening rituals, your wind down, and you're not having the good quality sleep? Is it because you're dieting? Is it because you're always hungry? Or is it because you have negative emotions or a negative mindset or uh, realizing that there's some distortions that are in, in your way? Which one of those do you feel you would circle as the key priority area to work on? And then one of the things you can ask yourself is, how can I work on this? What can I be doing to dial down the stress or um, dial down the uh, negative emotions or, or really to look at food differently or have delayed gratification or whatever it might be? What area could I be working on that might help me with my self-control? And on the other side of it is how can I incorporate a new way of thinking and being to replenish my self-control each day? Do I, could I benefit from having periodic breaks? (laughs) This is an area that I had to really grasp over the last probably six years is looking after myself is critical 
to me achieving my goals. You know, I had no idea that it was actually connected. And I don't know if you're like that as well, but I find that the women that I speak to are ambitious and they're so good at managing stuff externally and managing other people externally and really striving and achieving. But ultimately, it comes from self. It comes from us. And that way of looking externally to achieve the success has a ceiling. And when you hit it, you hit it really hard, which is the burnout and overwhelm and frustration and all those things. And, you know, you've probably seen it happen in your life where you've been trying to implement a new habit or a new activity or uh, create a new goal or achieve a new goal in your life. And you've been experiencing the intention behavior gap and it happens on repeat. And as a result, we get so frustrated with ourselves that we start to blame ourselves and then we push harder and push harder. And it, it's, it, it, we, we need to change the way that we think about success and success as what I'm showing you and what the science tells us is it really relies on us looking after ourselves. When we're full, we're operating from a full cup, we can give more to our, to our external life. And it's not just because we are, we are full and we are calm and we're centered. It's actually a scientific rationale, which is our basal ganglia, our habit center, our emotionally charged center dials down and we can bring our reflective brain online, which is our executive functioning and our higher order thinking. But the really the only way to do that is by focusing on creating the spaciousness in our day and doing the factors that replenish our self-control. So I hope that is clear to you because I feel like most of us don't get that, like really get it viscerally and to the point where we start to prioritize having breaks and we start to check in with ourselves and we can feel that we're pushing and we're emotionally, we're starting to get depleted or we're mentally getting depleted. Like I said, our self-control doesn't discriminate between different areas. It's not like a physical exertion. It's a mental exertion, an emotional exertion. It's being busy and doing all the things and it's stress and other things that all just chip away at us over time. And it's not that we're experiencing each day. We have a compound effect. And all of a sudden, that's why we hear the words around of burnout and overwhelm, because we've been doing it so many times that we are literally, you know, I know the amount of people that sort of say like, I'm, I'm a shell of, a, of my former self. And this is why, especially in my program, a lot of the things I focus on is what I call an internal connection, reconnecting to who you are at your core and looking at your different habits and rituals and mindset and emotions. And I've talked about this before, but ultimately this is the first step because we really want to get you re-centered, reconnected to yourself. And then from there, we can start to grow and expand because we actually have the capacity to start creating and establishing behaviors that in a, that are in alignment with our intentions. Otherwise, we just keep re- repeating the intention behavior gap because we're so depleted. So the first step for you is replenishing your self-control and looking at the factors that are diminishing your self-control and thinking about which ones you could be addressing. Just choose one and then look at the factors that are that replenish your self-control and see if there's one you can choose from that list to really reconnect with yourself and replenish your reserves. 
Now, I promised I would give you a way to initiate a new behavior so that you have some clarity around what you would actually do to incorporate a new behavior. And given we're focusing on replenishing our self-control, let's look at one of those things that replenish our self-control, let's say sleep or more quality sleep, as one of the things we want to initiate. So there are four parts to initiating or starting a behavior which we want to maintain, you know, and create a habit out of. So the four parts are we need to have a goal. We need to have a small action associated with that goal. We need a trigger and we need to repeat it. So first of all, let's say the goal is we want to start getting more sleep. So that's the goal. We want to get more sleep. The second part is decide a small action. Now, let's say we go to bed at 11 o'clock. A small action could be going to sleep at 10.30. Maybe ideally our ultimate outcome goal is that we want to be going to sleep at 9.30, but it needs to be small. So let's make it 10.30, for example. So now we're going, well, our goal is we want to sleep more and our small action is going to be rather than 11 o'clock sleeping, it'll be 10.30 sleeping. Now we need to decide a trigger. So the trigger is the thing that's going to prompt us to initiate the small action. So the trigger could be a, an alarm. The trigger could be uh, that you're reading your book and once you've read your book for half an hour, say you've been reading it from 10, then you go to bed. So think about what will trigger you to perform the action. That's really important because every single habit, and we want our behaviors to form into habits, every single habit must have a trigger. So think about what your trigger is. And then the most important part after that is repeat. So we need to develop consistency. And the part of consistency is context-dependent repetition. So we need to consistently repeat the same small action in response to the trigger, okay? So whenever it's 10.30, I will go to sleep. When it's 10.30, I will go to sleep. When it's 10.30, I will go to sleep. When it's 10.30, I will go to sleep. That's repetition. That's context-dependent repetition. So can you see it's really important that you make it really small so that you can't say no to it and so that you will be consistent And it's really important that you get your trigger accurate because every time you encounter your trigger, you need to respond with your action. Okay, so the four parts again, decide your goal, decide the small action that you'll do to initiate your achieving your goal, decide the trigger that will prompt you to do the small action and consistently repeat the small action in response to the trigger. That's how you form a habit. That's how you initiate behavior change, one of the key ways. So I hope you found that really valuable, uh, really talking about something that I don't feel a lot of people talk about, but I feel like a lot of people are experiencing it, this intention behavior gap and how important it is for us to really replenish our self-control so that we can engage in those goal-directed behaviors that are important to us. And the initiation of habit change formula that I gave you will be really valuable for you to implement anything into your life. And I'm happy to go into detail about this in another episode, but in another episode I'm also going to be talking about how to break a habit and there's definitely two parts to breaking a habit and I look forward to sharing them with you 
Thank you so much for being here and I look forward to seeing you again next time. Take care. Well done for taking this step, empowering you closer to a life you love. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss my updates. Now, I know my friends send me podcasts all the time and I was just wondering, is there someone in your circle you feel would benefit from hearing this episode? Who's someone who wants to grow or improve in different areas of their life? Who you want to see fulfilled and succeeding also? Well, I would be so grateful if you shared this episode with them. It could be exactly what they need to hear. Now, thank you for your support as always and for listening, and I'll see you again next time.